0: Uh okay. Do we got a second? I, let me just, let me just brew our, Like, just let me just get, grab my coffee. I'll be right back. Oh, can talk. you grab a coffee? Can I grab yep. a coffee? Yep. Everybody can grab a coffee. You get a coffee and you get a coffee.
1: This is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show.
0: Hey, and welcome to another episode of A.T. Banter. Panther, (laughs) banter. My name is Rob Vinot. Joining me today, Mr. Steve Barkley. In social isolation. Uh, And Mr. Rick Chant.
2: Also coming in electronically.
0: Yes, that's right. Uh, This is our our new world, folks. Uh, We are all recording, of course, from our respective homes. We're back, though. That's
2: why me. I could find my cowbell is because I was working from
1: home. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm gonna have to uh, run over to Ryan's place and pick up the cowbell if we're gonna uh, keep doing this. Because uh, the little uh, the little AT banter, yeah, cowbell just just doesn't quite cut it. It doesn't really. It doesn't cut it. Either that or we'll get him to
0: sample it. We'll get him to.
2: I well, thought it was, I thought it was pretty forward-looking for me to dig my AT banter cowbell
1: out. Uh, <laughs> it was.
2: We at least had something.
1: Stop being the smart one. You're supposed to be the good-looking one.
2: <laughs> There's a story behind that, but we won't get into it. No. <laughs>
0: uh, geez, where to start? You know, what What has changed in the past two weeks? I tell you, some, uh, some pretty, pretty big news. And, of course, uh, we're talking about uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker dropping to digital two days early. Ooh. <laughs>
2: That's exactly what we're
0: talking that's, about. That's, uh, no, of course, uh, as everybody in, on the planet currently knows, uh, we got a little thing called the coronavirus creeping around and we're all doing our part, isolating ourselves.
2: Playing havoc with everything.
0: It's, you know, it's so crazy. And, you know, I, you know, putting together the show for this week, cause we had planned to, to take a week off while we were kind of adjusting things. Um, and, um... It's just it's like it's like we're living on a completely different planet. Two weeks later,
2: yeah, it's pretty scary.
0: So I mean, I was putting together the show, and I was like, it just it doesn't doesn't make much sense to me to really talk about anything really other than just sort of what's going on right now. So um, I think today, you know, we're we're basically just going to be talking a little bit about um, you know about, about our experiences with things. Um, we, you know, I dug up what I could on, um, you know, talking a little bit about what's going on in the disability community with all this, uh, because that's, you know, clearly very important. Um, and yeah, although, you know, I do want to start the show a little bit talking a little bit about CSUN. Now, uh, Steve, you were, you were slated to go to CSUN.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I got a cold ahead of that, and uh, not not coronavirus, but just you know a cold, and uh, wasn't uh, wasn't able to travel. And glad I didn't, because can you imagine getting on an airplane these days with a cough and a sniffle? And hmm. you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna take you and stuff you in one of the airport air, airplane lavatories and seal it up with duct tape, I think.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and, and we, we sort of kept half an eye on
1: on what was going on down there, and
0: I, it, there really wasn't a lot announced. It doesn't seem. I, I don't know if if sort of a lot of companies just held off on their announcements, um, or they're just you know busy trying to brace for for what this was going to look like. Um, but
1: you well, know, a lot of a lot of companies didn't go, um, particularly the bigger companies that had um, you know policies around gatherings and stuff. So, you know, the HP's and Microsoft's, Google's of the world, um, they weren't there at all. They, they, they withdrew. Um, the smaller they, companies
2: They did that pretty early though.
1: Yeah, yeah, they did. The, the smaller companies were the ones that tended to be there, um, but uh, even for them, you know, like uh, LVI, for example, uh, it was strictly their American staff, their European staff didn't travel to it. Um, and uh, you know, there's probably other companies that made that same sort of decision too.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. It seemed to be the the larger corporations that actually took action first, um, and maybe that's just because they, you know, they're, they're such big companies that that you know they just they felt really exposed sending any of their employees um, and risking yeah, any they, of them.
2: They've got to take care of their employees because if you know if somebody gets sick in an office. It's going to go through the office like wildfire.
1: Potentially, yeah.
2: And then you're, you know, then you're down a bunch of employees rather than pulling the plug on a conference. Uh, I think it's, you know, retrospectively, it's probably the best call to make.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You you know, it was the right call to make. I mean, I I was, I have to admit, I was surprised that they
1: didn't cancel the conference. Um, So was I, actually. But, but. I'm, I'm not so surprised. Um, the The problem is that specialty conferences like this, conferences that happen once a year, um, they run on pretty tight budgets. And to cancel it, um, there's a lot of upfront costs that, that they would have eaten as part of it, and it could have sunk the conference. So, you know, it's a, it's a tough call for, for organizers of something like that to, you know, to say, oh, yeah, we're going to, we're just not going to run the conference this year. Yeah. You know, they want to get as much money through the door as they can.
0: Yeah, I can I can definitely understand it from that point of view. But at the same time, you know, you think about, well, I mean, I guess first of all, I mean, they were right on that bubble. Like if, if I feel like if it was like three, three days uh, later, they probably would have canceled. Um, because, yeah. yeah. If it had been a week later. Uh, oh, you know, for sure
1: rapidly evolving at that point right yeah
0: it's ridiculous how fast it escalates um you know a week ago um people were still pretty pretty ambivalent about it we didn't really have have any sort of impact to our day-to-day lives and here we are a week later and you know the streets are are not deserted
2: traffic has been great (laughs)
0: it's
2: been amazing i love being able to find parking downtown
0: yeah, how bad um, all right well before we move on through csun why don't we talk a little bit about uh, these new orbit devices that this is one of the only announcements that I could find uh, that came out of CSUN um, was from orbit research um, about a uh, three new devices that they've developed have you have you read about these Steve
1: yeah, yeah, sure have. So uh, Orbit, of course, is famous for the Orbit Braille display, which is one of the cheapest Braille displays on the, on the market these days. Um, but, uh, yeah, they've, they uh, released, well, they, they showed uh, a, a Braille keyboard, uh, a Bluetooth Braille keyboard for, for controlling devices, which was, you know, great price, $99. Bucks. Um, and uh, they were showing a 40-cell uh, braille display previously their orbit braille display was 20 cells uh, this one is 40 cells and has cursor routing which uh, their 20 cell version does not have cursor routing um, and uh, they were also showing the graffiti tablet which is a, uh, a tactile tablet system
0: oh that's right okay I forgot about the graffiti right so there's four, four devices yeah so which out of the, like, it seems to me like the Orbit reader is, is actually the real, the real standout to this. Because um, you're right, $99 for uh, a, a standalone Braille keyboard that is going to work with, <clears throat> um, you know, s- uh, smartphones. Um, and it can be paired up to five Bluetooth and, and a USB device at any time um, with the ability to switch between them. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty cool.
1: Yes, yeah, look, like, I mean it's not it's not the first one that's been around. I mean, there was the the Braille pen was out there for years. Uh, the uh, The guys who do the dot watch uh, were showing uh, Braille Bluetooth interfaces last year at CSUN. Um So it's not it's not real new. The idea what I think makes it attractive though is is the fact that it's so cheap. The Orbit reader 40, um, as you said,
0: has cursor routing keys. Um, but yet, the, the redesigned 20 cell um, still does not. So, is there a reason why the, the 20 cells don't have the, the cursor routing um, and the 40 does?
1: Well, I, I think you're probably looking at, at two displays for two different purposes. The smaller displays, uh, you know, 20 cell and, and below, tend to be used by people more for accessing. Uh, mobile devices and There there just isn't as much editing going on on mobile devices typically as as there is on on desktop computers When you get into the 40 cells, that's that's when people tend to use them more with with computers as opposed to mobile devices And there you want the cursor routing because you're going to be doing the majority of your editing on, on a platform like that so you know, that's that's really my only take on it. Um, right. you know, on on the flip side of that, if you want a braille display that has cursor routing and is forty cell or is twenty cells, then of course there's the Braille Me as well. Right. Which is available exclusively at Canadian Assistive Technology in Canada. Boom. Boom, plug, shameless. Well it's also interesting <laughs> to see where the innovation is coming from. You know, because here here we have two companies, Innovision and Orbit who are putting out some of the least expensive products on the market and and changing um, the technologies behind braille and they're both out of India you know they're they're both um, companies that are that are innovating in a in a market that you know to date hasn't really been known for um, assistive technology but here they go you know yeah. we, we, i think we, we forget sometimes just how many people there are in India who have, you know, degrees and, you know, doctorates and stuff. There's, there's some darn smart people over there, and there's a willing and, and able workforce ready to produce these things. Right.
2: Yeah, but it's 15 grand.
1: Well, well, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the exception to the rule about uh, that tablet. But, uh, you know, their, their Braille displays are, are uh, very cheap by comparison to other products on the market.
0: The Orbit Reader 20-plus, rather, uh, is, what, 700 bucks, I think, American. The the 40 is 1,400. Pretty good pricing.
2: So 700 US, that's, what, 6 Japanese yen and 500,000 rupees.
0: <laughs> well, and who knows, the whatever the, the post-apocalyptic currency will be, bottle caps or, or whatnot, <laughs> uh, we don't know how much...
2: I bid two masks and um, uh, two mm-hmm. test kits.
1: And a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> and a roll of toilet paper. There you go. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, right.
2: I just I emailed you guys a picture of our local Safeway yesterday at 6.30-ish. That was the
1: soup Oof. aisle. Yeah. <laughs> the soup aisle. The canned soup. Yeah. The canned
2: soup aisle, yeah, empty. with pasta and stuff on one side of it and soup and stuff on the other
1: the only, the only thing that I was, uh, I was lacking for my preparedness here was um, flour. Oh. I, went out, I went out looking for flour last week. Yeah, good luck. Well, I found some. Totally I found good. some. I had to go to an uh, organic food store and uh, pay a bit of a premium to get it. But, but now I've got, I've got me flour, so I can make bread. I can make pasta. I'm good. Wait, you make I your know. own pasta? julia yeah. child's buddy oh geez yep. i just it's bought easy. a bunch flour and egg that's all it takes a little bit of salt
0: all right well you know what that's a good transition let's let's <laughs> let's why don't we talk about that the the elephant in the room uh well hopefully it's not in the room better not be in the room uh yeah how how what's your guys's experience been with this whole thing um
2: well, you see, I see it from the inside or uh, uh, a little closer to central than you guys do because Sue's works at the hospital. Um, they've stopped all her community work. Now she's working solely in the hospital and they've set up one of the wings on one of the floors as a COVID ward. Um, currently in the process of being populated, uh, about half capacity at the moment um but they're they're still scrambling for um test kits um you know it, not anybody who who thinks they have symptoms are getting tested etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera. uh pretty much the same across the board with everybody else um and they're you know um they're not going to She's not going to work in business clothes. She's going to work in scrubs, um, which she strips off before she gets out of the hospital and puts her business clothes back on uh, to come home in. And everything goes in a tied plastic bag and gets run through a hot, hot wash. Um, So, you know, uh, and the mindset is eventually she's going to come in contact with it. Um, but she's trying to stave that off as absolutely as long as she can. Um, but I, I think it's coming down the pipe. I think everybody um, in that industry is going to get it, yeah. um, no matter how you slice and dice it. And, you know, we're, we're just going to work through it.
0: The, the thing that, that concerns me about all of this is that it seems to be that the reaction um, really trickles down to um, local municipalities. Um, you know, right down to the actual city or district that um, anybody is, happens to be living in instead of a, um, a federal response. Um, I mean, there certainly are, you know, federal and provincial responses, but I think that the, too, much, too, much, too much of this has, is trickles down to, you know, what one particular district is doing. Uh, and I think I get the feeling that that's like that in a lot of different countries, you know, but especially Canada and the U.S., um, and I think that hopefully going forward for the next pandemic, I think that what, what we need to do on a global level is there, there needs to just be a global response to these things. Um, there just needs to be a, a global agency that just can can just, you know, uh, put out mandates and everybody just does it. Yeah. Um, part they of the problem.
2: Say stop eating bats. <laughs> I
0: well- mean. Yeah, I mean, because, because a lot of this, it's, it's, it always comes down to the weakest link. All it takes is one yo-yo to go to the mall. Uh, Absolutely. And he, he screws it up for everybody. Um, or it just takes one country to sort of drop the ball in their response, and that affects every almost every other country in the world.
2: Sure, all the downstream stuff.
0: Yeah, so, you know, there, there needs to really be just one global response Um, You know, you just have to think back to like a month ago, um, if we could go back and if we could be doing this a month ago, um, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be in nearly the shape
1: that we're in right now. I I just want to uh, uh, respond briefly to uh, Rick's flippant remark about eating uh, bats there. Um, There is absolutely zero evidence that this virus was caused by people eating bats. I want to put that out there. Zero.
2: Hmm. Nada.
1: Squat. Diddly. The DNA analysis of this virus shows that it likely came from either bats or snakes via a uh, pangolin. And it came to humans through pangolins, not directly through bats or snakes.
2: Okay, that's my mistake. I understood that it was somebody eating a bat.
1: It was not someone eating a bat. Well, and you know, that brings My up... My understanding that you could not transmit this virus directly from a bat because of the differences in, in physiology. Um, it, it requires some sort of mammalian host in between humans and um, whatever the originating species was.
2: Okay, well, the bats and the animals.
1: Well, you
0: know, and you know, it's it's funny because I think this brings up another problem that we have, and that's, you know, information out there that's not necessarily accurate, but just coming from all kinds of different sources, um, to the to the point where you know nobody really knows all the facts necessarily, um, and you know, at the end of the day, where it came from, you know, doesn't really matter. I mean, in, there, there's a part of me that says um, you know, just thank God we're having, you know, our first sort of, well, I guess it's not our first, but, you know, we're, we're having this pandemic with a disease that does have a mortality rate that is where it's at, whether that's 3%. And I mean, yes, that's still, you know, a huge number and it's a huge problem. I don't mean to, you know, to minimize that. Um, but I just mean, just think of it, if it was a, if it was a virus that had like a 25%, Mortality rate or something and that, that was sweeping through the world. I mean, that would be terrifying So I think that w- hopefully what happened is that we really learned some hard lessons uh, With this and so that going forward the next time this ever happens uh, we're, we're a lot quicker out of the gate with um, our reaction because that is
1: the problem Yeah, I, th- I think if if this virus has done anything for us, it's done us a, a major favor um, in showing us how utterly unprepared we are for global events of this type, right? Um, oh yeah. If
2: this if this was a high mortality rate virus, uh, you know, something like an Ebola or something like that, where it shuts down organs and kills people, we'd be screwed.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think I just read today. Isn't China, didn't China just report that they had no new cases as of today?
2: I didn't
0: read that this
1: morning. It, no no reported new cases as of
0: today, yes. Right. So, I mean, you know, and believe that or not, because, you know, we have to sort of take any sort of stats that you get out of China with a little bit of a grain of salt. But, I mean, regardless, it, it it's looking like they're coming out the other end of this, which is heartening in a way. But I guess what we have to remember, just because of the, you know, the, the politics of that region, uh, they were able to lock down... Their country in a way that I don't think we can do.
1: Yeah, there's there, there, there's a number of problems with our response to it versus theirs. Um, theirs they, they basically, you know, they were they were boarding people in their homes. They were they were blocking off streets. They were barricading things. They they were. Absolutely draconian about how they they went about containment of the virus. Who we'll were um, the Chinese?
2: Oh, uh, okay, yeah.
1: Um, and um, our emphasis on on personal freedoms and personal liberties over here really is working against us. And you can you can see it in these idiots who are down in you know Florida right now partying for spring break in mass numbers.
2: Yeah,
1: and, <laughs> on the beach. And, on the beach yeah and you're and and in bars and and uh you know you're hearing them go well you know even if i get the virus i'm gonna i'm gonna continue to party on
2: yeah i'm young i'm healthy it's not going to bother me until i get home and give it to my parents and my grandparents and watch that that's exactly
1: it that's exactly it they're they're potentially going to spread it to somebody who is a lot more vulnerable than they are and it's the all about me generation yeah
0: well, you know, and the way that I look at it, too, is that, you know, we haven't, as a, as a global community, I mean, there really hasn't been anything of this magnitude um, since World War II. I mean, we, we're sort of two generations downstream, and we're not used to the idea of something this serious. Um, you know, you can point to, to different sort of, you know, events, you know, in the past, you know, 40 years that, that were a big deal, but nothing, nothing of this magnitude. So, you know, I I don't think people were really prepared in their mind for just how serious um, this is and how much it was going to impact everybody's day-to-day life. Um, Even when this was a problem in China, you know, over here, we're just used to, we're used to hearing about other countries and the problems that they're having. And that's all that's over there. It's, it's just this mindset that we have or, you know, it's just like, well, it will be fine. The doctors will, will take care of it. The government will take care of it. We're not used to actually having this individual responsibility where our own individual lives are greatly impacted by this and our actions really dictate um, how how this is going to play out. And we're, we're just not used to that. As a, as a, we're not used to that as a society, I don't think.
2: Yeah, I think, I think the virulence of this... Virus
0: has certainly caught a lot of people flat-footed. Well, it absolutely has. I mean, like I I was talking to you guys before we turned the mics on. You know, it it was literally a week ago when it was business as usual here. Yeah. So. um,
2: So, what's the actual count now?
0: Do we know? If, like, worldwide, globally.
2: Globally, yeah.
1: So, right now uh total number of confirmed cases in canada are 736
2: yeah 142 here
1: and there's 34 presumed cases okay presumably they just haven't been able to test them yet well that's hardly Uh, 231 in british columbia Hmm. 241
2: 231 231 i thought it was okay
1: And it's funny too because I was watching the news yesterday. I, I was telling I was telling Rob and Ryan uh, earlier in the week. This week, all of my appointments were canceled. Every single one of them. Everybody canceled everything except for one person. One person wanted a Braille display delivered yesterday. And guess where that person was? Where in oh. the Harrow in the in the Harrow Care Center where they just. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, got there. Got there yesterday. Didn't get past the front desk. It's like, no, There you go. You can drop it off here. Bye bye.
2: <laughs> wow. Have a nice day now.
1: Yeah. We there's, so much,
0: there's so much to talk about this because there's there's so many implications and, and so many things that, that are going to be happening um, downstream to this from you know economic impact. You know, we could talk for hours about that. Um, you know, I, I went to the, the grocery store. Uh, yesterday and i went to several um i thought you know what i'll, I'll grab a couple pieces of uh Chef <laughs> no i thought i would actually get like you know maybe we'll get some chicken breasts to, to freeze oh or maybe get... holy smokes forget about that forget it um i went to a save on i went to a walmart Save-Man. and i went to a safeway and they're just like the the shelves are, are bare yeah. um which is is crazy um yeah.
2: We had lots of chicken, but we had no no uh, ground beef, uh, no beef of any kind, certainly. Um, uh, no lamb, no nothing that could be seriously f- like frozen, frozen.
0: Right. So, you know, that makes you go, well, are, is, this, is this because people are, are actually being unreasonable and, and hoarding things? Or is it because uh, just, you know, everybody happens to be you know, buying one or two, you know, it's people, you know, I, you see online people are sort of responding to this and, and being really negative and just being like, people are gross. They're, they're hoarding. They're not leaving enough for, for other people. I don't know. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. It could just be that, you know, just everybody's happens to be buying the same thing at the same time. No. And that's creating some, I mean, I don't know. What's your take on that?
2: I, I think people are scared. I think they know that, um, isolation is coming. And I I think that because we had this conversation with Nicole yesterday, she was, she was absolutely petrified that 14 days meant she was locked in her room at her house and not able to do anything. And I think that's the perception of a lot of people when they say, you know, we're on, we're on um, uh, personal um, self quarantine, self quarantine, um, which is not the case. I mean, you can go out, you can go out for a walk, yep. just as long as you keep your distance from everybody else. Right. Right. And, and when I explained that to her, it was a whole different mindset. And I think that's what's happening with a lot of people. Is they're thinking that they're going to, and and for the seniors I can understand that because of the, the yes you know the difference in the mortality rate and how hard it hits the seniors. Um but there are, there are ways to mitigate that. You know, why don't you open the store for a couple hours in the morning for seniors?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and some stores are starting to do that, which I applaud. Yeah, they yeah. are. They they are.
2: Um and and you know, I I, I think what you're seeing is indeed people are, are panicking because they think they're going to be locked down for two to three weeks. Um, and I think you
1: know, this has a snowball effect too because you, you know, once, once you have you know, a grocery store have a run on toilet paper for example well, everybody needs toilet paper sooner or later and you go into the grocery store and suddenly you, you can't get any when you need it. Right. So the next time you see it come up you're going to buy some. Right. right, and the the same is true, you know. Have your your soup aisle at Safeway. You know, everybody bought your soup. Now the next time soup shows up, everybody's gonna everybody's going to hoard it. it. Right? Yeah, because because they couldn't get it last time. So, but you
2: know the, the funny it, it thing around the funny thing around the toilet paper, and people don't realize this, is we are in Vancouver and it is made in New West.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yes.
2: I mean, they make a million rolls a day.
1: Yes. I don't, I don't think it'll be a problem for us.
2: No. <laughs> I don't think so, but.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Oh my
2: God.
0: It does create a problem and it, and it does create a problem for, say, somebody who does have a disability and that relies on, say, delivery. Um, this is, you know, th- and this is another thing that I, that I saw just recently. I you know stores sort of pleading with people saying, look, don't, you know, if you're able-bodied, and you can, like, don't use the delivery service um, because... That's
2: right. Keep it for people who, who, act- who need the delivery service. That's
0: right. Like senior, like the vulnerable populations, right? Yeah. The seniors and people yeah. with disabilities. Yeah. Um, now,
2: something one of the local schools did here is the grad class, because they need volunteer hours, um, they have set up with the local... Uh, it's not a care facility, but it's an assisted living. To to do their shopping for them. Nice. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty forward looking for you know, for a bunch of 15-, uh, 16-, yeah. 17 year olds.
1: Yeah. That's the thing about situations like this, you know, you get these examples of, of people really, you know, stepping up and, and digging
2: deep and, and you know, yeah. putting their own needs aside.
1: Yeah. And then and then you've got the knobs, you know, these, yeah. these people who you know, like uh, uh, there was one going around on social media about these people who bought every piece of meat in the grocery store. Yeah. You know, and they were, they were bragging about it in the checkout line. Well, I, yeah. I would I would seriously want to just punch those people yeah. right in the face if I saw them in the checkout line. Yeah. yeah. Well, the
2: other one is this guy who bought all the, the Lysol wipes and was going to sell them on Amazon, right?
1: Yeah, right. Amazon right. put the
2: clampers on that in a hurry. You'll have enough Clorox wipes to, I mean, you can use them for toilet paper.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that that's the the one thing that I'm that I'm heartened by um, is that for every you know story that you see about you know uh, people fighting over toilet paper, rolling around on the floor, um, you know people behaving badly, you see you see people calling them out for it. Humanity. Uh, you see you see people like you said stepping up and and doing what they can, contributing. You see you know companies doing what they can um, to to help their employees. I mean, there's a lot of goodwill and there's a lot of people behaving well and, you know, contributing. Um, I, I see far more stories about that than I see stories about, you know, people looting or hoarding or, or whatnot. And even like the looting issue, like, I I don't know, like, I I just don't, you don't see that anywhere. And I don't think that that's going to be, ever be a problem. Um, because you know, at the, at the end of the day, I think people, we, we understand that we're, you know, this is, we're all in it together. We just got to hunker down and get through it and everything will be okay.
2: I, I think that also speaks to the, um, the, the depth of the seriousness of this virus though, right? People are not dying in mass numbers, not, not huge numbers. I mean, they're dying, but they're not dying in, in. Numbers um, that you know your your the skin is falling off your bones and you, you have to uh, use your weaponry to protect every last vestige of what you got because you're going to be looted. I think if if it was something a more serious strain of a virus of any kind, that there would be some of that. Oh. John next door just died. Let's go over and see what's in his cupboards.
0: Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, and in a way, you know that, you know, in a, in a way, the, it's obviously a really good thing that the virus is, you know, we we got the coronavirus as opposed to something more deadly. But in yeah. uh, But it did also kind of work against us because for the longest time, people really didn't take it seriously. You know, That's they true. they look at that one percent. Or even a three percent mortality rate, and they go, "Ah, okay, well, that's not bad." Ah, the flu's—you know—how how many times in the in the past month
1: did we hear people being like, "Well, you know," you know, yeah, the flu, the flu kills X number of people every year. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you know, and that that just—that makes it so much better. Well, it, it, but it shows a, a, a total lack of understanding for what we're dealing with as yeah, well it does this is not the flu the flu is a human virus our body has the ability to fight this off because it is a human virus the rna in this thing is not human and our body has no natural defenses for it that's why it's so bloody hard to beat right and and it's it's a lung eater it it gets right into the lungs and that's why we're seeing um you know uh seniors people with any kind of respiratory problems being the ones who are most vulnerable to this thing but um but yeah the the misinformation floating around and the, right. the blaseness that, that some people are are um showing towards this it's, you know, it's staggering i i i have a relative who will rena- remain unnamed um, but I, I took them to task on, uh, on Facebook yesterday because they were basically saying, well, I think that this has been around a lot longer because my son had a really bad cold over Christmas, and it almost turned into pneumonia. Um, so I think he's had it already, and uh, I'm oh, not going to worry about this. Oh. <laughs> it's like, okay, so here's your theory. It's all a big conspiracy because your son had a cold. That, that that's what she's going with so um, I you know I, I tried to Let's shake your head Yeah, I tried to give her information she wasn't having it but uh, um, you know her, her take on it is I'm not going to do anything differently until such time as somebody I know is sick oh. yeah and unfortunately that's too late yeah
0: yeah, that's the, that's the one thing about, you know, the response in North America um, is that's going to bite us in the ass. Uh, and, and there was bet. that the the month prior to, to this um, was the time that if we had we taken things a lot more seriously, um, you know, it, it, it would have been night and day.
1: Yeah, I think we'll probably see new protocols come out of this. That's what I hope. I,
2: I think I think this should be used as a learning opportunity for yep. the CDCs and the yep. you know the FDA's and the uh, the drug administrations around the world.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, that th- this is this is pretty mild, relatively speaking. Uh, you know, it's not leaving a wake of, of death and destruction in the background. Um, you know, most people are are surviving it, but with it being so virulent um, it it certainly shows how fast something like this can spread and I hope they learn some lessons from learn lessons about how to manage going forward
0: I think that I think that that's a guarantee I think that we will most definitely uh, learn our lesson because the implications of this um, are just are going to be felt um, for a year. I, I mean, by or the time we... will
2: be felt out longer than that.
0: We could be, because, you know, especially when you consider, like, economically, you know, just the the, the impact that this has on every single person, um, both economically or, you know, socially, people are going are gonna to lose people.
2: Well, I, I think we're of the mindset, because Suze is working so close with it, is we're of the mindset that we're going to get it. Right. And, right. you know, as I say, being not in the age category, I'm getting close, but not being in the age category that it has such a devastating effect on, um, you know, it's going to be a matter, matter of weathering it out and and picking up the pieces afterwards and, and staying away from people and then, you know, getting on with it. I think it's inevitable that we're going to get it. Right. Right. And I I guess that's not quite the right mindset to have, but I think it's reality.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the other insidious thing about it is that, you know, the, the, the symptoms and whether you show symptoms or what symptoms you get seems to just, you know, be all over the spectrum.
2: Yeah, some people show minimal symptoms. Oh, I'm running a bit of a fever and, you know, I have got a bit of a cough, whereas some, it puts them on the broad of their back in, you know, in a ward at the hospital with right. oxygen and God knows what else. Yeah. And but it, the, underli- the underlying comorbidities are play a big role in that too. Right. I mean, if you're healthy and, and everything else, then it's not going to knock you on your, well, it might knock you on your ass, but it's not going to have a, you know, devastating effect
0: it's, it, the whereas, important thing is it's not going to require hospitalization
2: yeah whereas if you've got one lung because you've had lung cancer or you're a smoker or some of the other options you know it, it can have pretty undesirable effects
0: right it, this is a good thing i mean could you imagine if you know a hundred percent of people who got this thing required hospitalization Oh, we'd, be, we'd be screwed, be screwed. We'd, we'd be already screwed yeah so I mean thank God that only maybe it's like 20% of the people who are getting it and even then that's this is the whole reason that we're sitting here in our in our homes is you know this idea of flattening the curve of slowing the virus down to a point where the healthcare system doesn't get flooded with people who who need hospitalization. So we're also very lucky in that regard but but I wanted to like talk maybe just discuss a little bit um, some impressions about uh, how how this all affects the disability community and if you know what you guys have heard through clients um, or have read um, the impression that i get part of the problem with this is that it it was so fast moving that the uh, the government agencies and a lot of the government agencies in both both here in canada and the u.s didn't really have a lot of time to react to all of this and really put anything in place that might assist people with disabilities, um, you know, there's there's a ton of problems, obviously, um, for um, any any given community out there. Um, everything that we, that we are talking about, that you know, even going and and getting supplies, that's a that's a whole. Another level of complication for somebody with a disability Um, yeah I mean you think about somebody who's visually impaired for example that goes to the grocery store well think about how tactile they have to be Um, they have to be touching all kinds of things Um, so they're they're you know they're doubly triply quadruply at risk I would think Um, it's just not as easy for them to just go and and grab you know um, you know a huge a cart full of groceries to prepare
1: um. Even, even if there were groceries to be had. Yeah, that's right.
2: Well, that's the other side of the coin, right? Yeah. Just, just.
1: you know, plus, you know, in a lot of cases, um, they're, they're more likely to take uh, mass transit. Um, yep. Because they're not, not able to drive independently if they're, you know, visually impaired, for example. Um, that that puts them at risk for exposure, you know, just from exposure to the general public, Um you know, there's, yeah, it's, 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 it's not ideal. I, I think what I'm saying is it's not ideal.
0: No, it isn't. And, you know, and th- then there's, then there's, you know, people who are reliant on things like caregivers and what's going to happen if their caregiver gets sick. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, sh- another example is the shortage of hand sanitizer. Well, that screws people over who say rely on having those around, um, because they have to do things like catheterize or, uh, you know, uh, Who knows what, Um, you know, but yeah, this yokel in New Jersey has a whole, you know, garage full of it. And and as a result, um, somebody who actually really needs it. uh, it, Has none. Yeah. So that's frustrating too. But I mean, I guess, you know, there really hasn't been a central response to this in terms of support and resources for people with disabilities on how to actually deal with, all these, this, all the elements of this new world that we find ourselves in, um, and that's you know that's got to feel even more isolating to the community than they already felt.
2: Oh, I agree, wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Um, the the one thing that also plays into this are people who are uh, health compromised. Yeah um our local hospital is is trying to clear the hospital from as many as you could possibly get out and get them home or get them into assisted care because of the hospital feels that it's going to have a spike in cases and they got nowhere to put them right right so they're they're trying to get people out of the hospital so to free up those beds and I'm sorry, but then you've got healthcare professionals in the community who are going from one client to another, to another, to another to provide care and assistance. And then all of a sudden, you know, you run the risk of exposure that way.
1: Right. Well, I mean, as you guys know, my mom's been in quarantine for the last two weeks. She actually gets officially sprung today. Um, But it's just because... A care worker who worked with her worked the day before at the Lynn Valley Care Center the day before the guy, the first patient died there. Right. yeah. You know, so there was the risk of... of uh, exposure. Exposure. And uh, they both had to be locked down to make sure that they uh, weren't going to present with the virus. Well,
0: you know, my hope is that <clears throat> things will... We, we will catch up on some of these things. I mean, every day, it seems like the the, the government's um, the the districts they're they're sort of implementing new things. They're responding to to new problems that are cropping up because of all this. And this is all uncharted territory, and that's that's part of the problem. But I really hope that um, we catch up in terms of how that we can best support people with disabilities um, who you know maybe facing some really hard times right now. Um, because nobody's really thought of that yet. Everybody's such, such a, it was such a knee-jerk reaction to respond to this thing across the board that nobody's really sat down and figured out, well, what are the really huge implications for this for people who maybe it would be a, a vulnerable population, but they aren't able to, you know, just go to the CDC and look at their, you know, how to prepare your home and and just be able to do all of that on in, in an easy way. So... Um, yeah, whether, and whether the response to that will be sort of a, a smaller community-based thing where the community rallies around um, different people who, you know, may need a hand with you going and getting grocery shopping. And, you know, you t- I, we, we talk about people with disabilities, but really I I'm, I'm, should just talk with anybody who, who maybe would be in a vulnerable demographic, and that's, you know, seniors or whoever. Um, you know, I think that, that as a community... Um, I, I, it'd be great to see, you know, people really rally around those people
1: and really, you know, help them out at this time. Yeah. And, and hopefully that's happening We're you know, we're just not hearing about it, you know, cause the media is too busy focusing on the uh, sensational stuff, the, right. you know, the morons who are out there and the, uh, you know, the, the people doing stupid things. So,
2: yeah, um, I, I, think it, I think it's happening. Um, like I say, the grad class is is doing stuff in our community, um, and and you know uh, there's a, a group home up the street from us, um, and I saw the Savons then there yesterday, and that's a question mark, um, and they were taking like they I think they've got eight residents, and they were taking you know, a fair amount of groceries in there. So it's not only the, the individuals helping out in the community, but I have to say, you know, uh, our local Save-On has been stellar. Um, our local Safeway, when they, can, when they can step up to the plate they have, uh, and, and on top of everything else, you know, the, the local uh, restaurants here the uh home delivery service of meals uh you know order in is just through the roof um so i i see us weathering this um albeit not very pretty but i i think you know i think we'll come through it
0: well and i think that we'd still like to be honest and not to be this is this is both pessimistic and optimistic um, but we're we're just at the beginning of this. Um, Agreed. These these are all things that that we I think we'll see response to eventually once people sort of get used to the idea of what's the new normal. I mean, right now we're all sort of hunker down, going, okay, well, I guess I'll work from home for a, a week. I mean, everybody's sort of just taking it day by day, or maybe week by week, but you know, who really knows how long we are going to have to do this, or if it's going to get worse, if, if the lockdown actually does, they, they do, like, we do see something like Italy here in North America. I mean, we, do, we don't really know, and, and every day is a, a new day. But I think that, I think that you're right, Rick, I mean, I want to be the optimist. Uh, you know, I always am the optimist. Um, uh, you know, I think people, we will see people rally together. But I think that, at, you know, I think the message that you know, we need to send is that, you know, yeah. Once you've prepared your place and you're, you, know, you you know, you've got your stuff figured out, maybe look outside, look outside see if somebody else needs a hand. Yeah. Um, think about you know somebody in your building who maybe that you know that's visually impaired, and go see if they need a need something. Like we really have to all band together, uh, you know, at this time and really think about other people as, as well yeah. as ourselves.
2: You're absolutely right. Now, I I did want to take a step back at something that you said earlier, Rob, with regards to um, local governments and municipalities and stuff, Um, everybody having a different agenda. In the province, there are six health authorities um, and they administer the entire province. Um, And it's supposed to be... At times like this, it's supposed to be when I blow the whistle, jump, when I blow it again, you can land. Um, They have ultimate authority. Um, So, you know, um, yes, different hospitals are doing different things because of the resources they've got, but the directive is coming from the health authority itself. I see. So it's not, it's not something that is being done at a municipal level or, or anything else. It's coming from the health authority, so I just wanted to set that straight.
0: Right. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, you—you know, what? I did read another story that—that that is interesting too. Did you guys read about um, that? A lot of a lot of these ventilators, um, some of the parts are now being—they're—they're they're using three D printers to to sort of print off oh, really um, some of the parts for these ventilators to try to help out to try to sort of get this ventilator problem figured out cool yeah so again 3d printing i'm telling you it needs to just be a thing that's wild right yeah it could really help in terms of you know producing um you know equipment for a situation just like this so again i like i hope that this is something that going forward that we learn from and we figure out you know, that, that's what heartens me, right? Like just people, you see people innovating, you see people behaving well, you see people reaching out and trying to help others in their community. And I think that that's, you know, the, the most important thing to be thinking about at this time, because everybody's stressed out, everybody's worried. Um, and I think the thing to look at this is just that if we just, you know, all have each other's back, um, you know we'll get through it we'll get through it together and you know we'll we'll just do the best that we can
2: I agree Rob I, I think you know once you've once you've looked inside and made sure that you're going to be okay yourself that you need to look outside and see who else needs help um, and <coughs> excuse me um, it, it's not only to make you feel good but it's an action that will have, Absolutely long-lasting ramifications to those who you're actually reaching out to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm tempted to kind of leave it there. I think we we should end on a positive note. What do you guys think? I, agree. I mean, do you, any, no, we, do you have anything else that you guys want to mention? We've been bantering mention?
2: for an hour now, so uh, I think it's time to wrap it up and uh, call your neighbor and find out if there's anything you can do. Yeah. No.
0: Um, okay. Well then, let's wrap this up. Uh, who knows? In two weeks, we're gonna have another show. I don't. Who knows what we're gonna talk about? Because uh, who knows? But we'll we we the show will go on. We will be here. I know that our voices calm people, and <laughs> <laughs> okay. sure, we'll,
1: we'll go with that. We are your inoculation against insanity. That's there right.
2: And if people are self-isolating at home, there—this is a good place to get a giggle.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Although today's today's show wasn't a wasn't a boatload of chuckles, but we'll we'll do we'll do better next week.
2: We'll, we'll see what
0: we can do anyway. All right. Well, hey, Steve. Yeah. This feels so weird to say that.
1: Uh, where can people find us? Well, they can find us uh, via our website at uh, www.atbanter.com.
0: Uh, they can also drop us a line if they so desire. Cowbell at atbanter.com. They can also uh, find us uh, through our many social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Well, listen, stay safe out there. Um, read, read books, watch, uh, watch a lot of Netflix, catch up on our Netflix and, uh, just, um, relax and, and we'll, we're going to get through this and oh, we,
1: hold on. We can't go yet. Well, we can't go yet. Why not? Last week we offered to give away a number four Jersey. Oh yeah, that's right. I believe we had some takers for that and we're going to have to do a draw to determine who gets the number four Jersey. That's right. who's mm-hmm the okay. chant jersey, but
0: let's do, why don't we do that next week? We'll, we'll do the draw over the couple weeks and then we'll, we'll draw. So we'll give people one more chance, one more chance to put your name in the to get.
2: Jersey? What are you yeah. About? I've got my jersey here.
1: Yeah. What? yeah, We've got another one.
0: Oh. So anybody who wants to put their name in to see if they can get the jersey cowbell at at banter.com. All right. Well, now that is going to about do it for us this week. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Stay safe out there, and uh, we will see everybody in two weeks.